Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Christ, through His blood, solves our problem with God. The Bible calls this propitiation. A big word, it may sound daunting, but it's a most wonderful word when we get into all that it means for us. Another related word speaks of the place of propitiation. This is the place where God meets and speaks with man. This place in the Old Testament was the Ark of the Testimony. But to find this place today where we can meet with God and hear God speaking is the most blessed discovery for his people. Don't miss our final program on the Ark of the Testimony on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy. Following Watchman Nee's imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. Their ministry is one of incredible clarity and spiritual nourishment genuine gifts given by the head to his body. Normally, we're able to bring you recorded portions from Witness Lee's spoken ministry. However, today we don't have a tape recording for this message, but we do have both Francis Ball and Ron Kangas with us to wrap up more than a week's worth of programs looking at the Ark of the Testimony. Gee, it's not often that I get to have uh, two brothers in here with me. It's wonderful to have both of you with us today, brothers. It's always a delight to be here to touch the depths of God's Word and to advance in our appreciation of Christ. Well, as I said, we've had uh, nearly a week's worth. Actually, we've had five tremendous programs on the Ark of the Testimony. Today's Word is somewhat an overview or summary. I'm really looking forward to our time together today, even though we don't have the tape to play from Witness Lee. Of course, the Ark was, as we've discussed, a piece of furniture, actually the most important or preeminent item in the tabernacle. And as we've seen, basically, it was a box, a box made of a particular kind of wood, acacia wood, and this box was overlaid within and without with gold. And we've been much impressed that these materials hold a great deal of significance, as we see the Ark as a type of Christ. For just as Christ was of two natures, human and divine, these materials represent these two natures. The acacia wood was a clear type of the fine and strong humanity of Christ, whereas the gold in Scripture always represents divine nature. I guess that's a summary, Francis, of the major points that we've seen concerning the ark. But another major point that we should come back to today is the cover or lid of this ark. This cover is referred to in Romans in a very direct way as the propitiation place. I think the King James Version refers to it as the mercy seat. And this does seem to refer to it as a location or place, doesn't it, Francis, and not just an act or an action. Yes, that's true. It definitely indicates this, not only by the type that can be seen through this ministry, but also by the use of the words. The Greek word for propitiation 
actually is from two words. One of them indicates that it means the place of propitiation. The other one means the act of propitiating. And in this case, it's the place of propitiation that really matters. You know, uh, so many Christians that I know, and also my own understanding, was very, I would say, maybe superficial concerning this particular box, as we refer to. But it's so precious when you see that this ark was a type of Christ, and on that ark was a cover called the propitiation cover. And most people don't think of the blood when they think of this. They don't realize that this propitiation cover is really a place, and it represents Christ, Christ himself. And this is a place on this lid where people could meet and fellowship with God and hear God speak to them. Isn't that marvelous? That they could be in that kind of uh, situation to be in God's presence and meeting with God on that very spot called the propitiation cover. Paul brings it out in Romans. You know, in Romans concerning Christ, he said, whom God set forth a propitiation cover through faith in his blood. So many Christians never think of the blood apart from the cross. Everything they think of concerning the blood is always related to just redemption at the cross. But here you see the blood is there so that we can have fellowship with God. We can be one with God. And this ark with this lid called the propitiation cover is the meeting place of man with God. God can meet with man and man can meet with God. Francis, as you said, this is uh, maybe not a common way to understand or look at it. We think of the act of Christ's redemption, dying for us on the cross with the shedding of his blood, and we are appreciative of his uh, accomplishing this act on our behalf. But how about this now, Ron, that Christ becomes the place where we meet with God, and we're not just involved with the action of his death for us, but we're in him as a place where there's a meeting place with God. This is really a remarkable thought. It is remarkable, and in a sense, unfortunately, it's unusual. That is why we need to pay a special attention to it and dwell upon the portions of the Scripture that relate to it. We would never minimize or diminish the significance of Christ's redemptive death on the cross. He was made sin for us. He bore our sins. He died in our place. He satisfied the requirements of God's righteousness, holiness, and glory. Now we believe into him. We have the forgiveness of sins. We have the life of God. And we, in grace, have access to God. But here is where there's a need to make a great turn. If we are influenced by religious tradition, and if we are focused really on ourselves, we will basically stop here and be thankful that because our sins are forgiven through Christ's redemptive death, we will have what is usually envisioned as glory in heaven. But actually, according to the Bible, Redemption is to bring us back to God for the fulfillment of his eternal purpose. And the center of God's purpose is Christ himself. So regarding propitiation, there are three levels 
of our understanding and experience. The first is that Christ, as the real priest, accomplished propitiation for us by shedding his blood. Second, Christ himself is the propitiatory offering. He offered himself to God. So Christ made propitiation, and Christ is propitiation, meaning he's the sacrifice of propitiation. But as we consider the typology of the tabernacle and the outer court, these first two levels of understanding of propitiation take place at the altar, that is, at the cross. But there is a third and deeper and richer and fuller dimension to this. And Paul understood this by divine revelation, telling us in Romans 3.25 that God has set forth Christ as the propitiation cover, as the propitiation place. Not so much where propitiation was accomplished, but the place where propitiation is applied. So we have seen in previous broadcasts that the ark typifies Christ. Every aspect of the ark typifies Christ, including the lid, which is called the propitiation cover. And there the high priest, still in typology, sprinkled the blood, and that place became the location where God's people could have direct fellowship with God in glory, hear his speaking, receive his infusion. This is the thought that we need to grasp. As precious as Christ's work is, we need to, based on his work, appreciate, experience, and enjoy his person. It is in Christ and on Christ as the place of propitiation, that is the place of the application of propitiation, that we can meet with God in the Holy of Holies. We do not have to linger in the outer court at the cross, appreciating the Lord's redemptive death for our sins. We don't have to stay there. We need to follow the progress illustrated by the tabernacle and the function of the priests. The blood was brought into the Holy of Holies in the presence of God, sprinkled on the lid of the ark. In reality, this lid, this propitiation cover, is Christ himself as the place where in glory we meet with God face to face, hear his speaking, receive his word, receive the infusion of his glory, that we may enjoy him and live him. In Romans, Francis, you talked about, I think, verse 25, referring to the propitiation place or cover. Just before that, two items are mentioned, I think, a verse that's well known by most Christians, for all have sinned and come short of the glory. You mentioned the two cherubim there, and we've seen in our broadcast this week the cherubim refer to the glory. Of course, the law and the violation thereof touches the matter of sin. So this picture is really quite complete, isn't it? As Paul referred to it in Romans chapter 3, 
back to this picture that we see in Exodus. How about in other places in the New Testament, in this message that we're covering, the life study, Witness Lee was um, really coming at this matter through the lens, I think, of the New Testament and, and various references to this whole matter in the New Testament. Ron, other places in the New Testament that you can think of where the reference is made back to this picture that we're looking at today. There are, and uh, I can mention two of these and emphasize the second. The writings of John are really the fulfillment of the type of the Old Testament tabernacle and of all the offerings. So if we study the Gospel of John carefully, we will see that the Word, Christ himself, became flesh as the God-man in incarnation. He was the Lamb of God. His blood was shed. We know this from John 19 because out of his pierced side flowed blood and then water. We also have references in chapter 1 and chapter 17 to glory. So we have the elements of the ark, with the lid of the ark, the glory and the blood, in the Gospel of John. But in Hebrews, we have something explicit, that in this epistle, Paul is setting forth the reality of the typology of the ark and the offerings and the tabernacle. And he points out that we have boldness to enter into the Holy of Holies through the blood of Jesus. We know from Hebrews chapter 1 that he completed his work of redemption. He sat down in his ascension. But now in the heavens he's ministering as our high priest. And his intention is that we would respond to his ministry and by faith in his blood come forward, not just in the holy place, but into the holy of holies, into the very glory of God, to meet with God in Christ as the propitiation place. In Hebrews 4, the lid of the ark is called the throne of grace. And we're encouraged to come forward to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find grace in time of need. We sinners, redeemed, forgiven sinners, may come forward to the throne of grace, which is the propitiation place That is the cover, the lid of the ark. Now, let's consider this experientially. How do we come forward? The Lord is in glory in the heavens. We cannot go there directly. What we need to see in light of all of Paul's epistles is that Christ, as the reality of the ark, dwells in our spirit. Experientially and practically, Our regenerated human spirit is the holy of holies. And in our regenerated human spirit dwells the very Christ who made propitiation, who is the sacrifice of propitiation, and who is the place where propitiation is applied so that on him, in him, and through him, we may meet with God. Now, for this to happen, and we're still referring to Hebrews 4, 
Our soul and spirit need to be divided because it is in our spirit that Christ, the reality of the ark, dwells. If we see this and exercise faith, we may turn to Christ, the reality of the ark, who is the Christ who dwells in our spirit as the throne of grace. Now, I think you'll remember this old Scottish sister that came to one of our meetings one time. I think we were meeting together at that time. And she used to say quite often, there'll never be a time when we don't need the precious blood. That really stuck with me because it's not like the blood covered us judicially to make us right with God and now we just go on on our own. But we need that blood all the time. And you could even carry this farther in going on into not only John's writings, but also Paul covers this so much in Hebrews. The book of Hebrews covers a great deal concerning both the glory and the blood. You mentioned about how that glory is the shining out. Actually, it's a shining of Christ who is the ark. We have to realize we're talking about a type here, a box that's both gold and wood and the cherubim on top with the glory of the cherubim being angelic creatures, but they are expressing God's glory. I was also impressed about the glory because the disciples said, we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and reality. Beholding his glory was what the disciples did, and they really saw Christ as the ark. I don't remember any place it says that just in those words, but I think with this kind of help with the tabernacle and the ark and the Holy of Holies, they saw the glory of God. Christ, of course, in the book of Hebrews, we see that he became flesh and blood. That means he had humanity. But that humanity had a glory that was because he was both God and man. And they saw that. How much they realized it, I don't know. But I think now we have the whole opening up. We see that that box emits a glory that comes out as those angelic creatures on that lid. So when you look at this from the inside, you see glory. From the outside, you just see coverings not so attractive. Mm -hmm. So for us to be enjoying the glory of God... We need the covering of the precious blood. And then we can be fellowshipping with God all the time. In so many places in Hebrews, it brings us out. Even when you get to chapter 9, it says, Through his own blood, Christ entered once for all into the holy of holies, having found an eternal redemption. So we can even add to that, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So the glory, the blood, Christ himself is all included in this ark with the lid. And this picture of Christ, which includes the uh, Ten Commandments in the ark and Aaron's rod that budded and the manna that was hidden there in the golden pot, all that is really Christ. In him is really the law. In him is really the resurrection life. And in him is the real food, the hidden manna. And that Christ, with the lid, the propitiation cover, with the glory, that Christ is dwelling in our spirit. What a Christ we have. The ark is in our spirit, brothers. Even um, lest anyone question how do we know that these pictures, for example, in Hebrews, refer back to this type that's being presented in Exodus. Francis, in the same chapter you were just quoting from, chapter 9, I think Paul says... uh, And above it, 
talking about the propitiation cover, the cherubim of glory overshadowing the propitiation cover. That's a direct, unmistakable reference. So, Francis, let me come back then and ask you about maybe a consummate point, as I recall from our life study in Hebrews, the throne of grace that Paul encouraged us all to come forward to. How does this relate to the picture that we're seeing? Well, the throne, of course, with us, we enjoy that as a throne of grace. The whole population of the world will experience that throne, either as grace or as judgment. Praise the Lord. Because of who Christ is and where we can meet God, we enjoy this throne as the throne of grace. And for us just to come to this throne of grace, Paul covers this in Hebrews also in verse 16. He says, We come forward to the throne of grace by the blood. We have access to God in His glory and in his authority, in his ruling, in all that he's doing, we can be one with him and enjoy him as a throne of grace where we can find mercy and obtain grace. He's a full supply to us. He's living in us, and that throne with his authority is in us, and we are enjoying such a wonderful person as is typified by the ark, with the cover, with the blood, with the glory. Everything is in our spirit. Ron, I think for all of our listeners who contact us about receiving this life study message, Witness Lee concluded this message, the written message, with a very wonderful word, a strong word about a vision that's available to all of God's people related to this matter of the ark that we've been on for these past several programs. And he referred to it as a controlling vision. I'd like to conclude today by really touching the same point. What is this vision that should be our controlling vision related to the ark? Uh, Let's be clear. When we use the word vision, we're not talking about some kind of strange psychological experience. We're talking about a spiritual view of a wonderful and extraordinary scene. And this vision is accompanied by the lifting of the veil and by the shining of the divine light. So what do we need to see? We need to see who Christ is. We need to see where Christ is. And we need to see that our dear Lord has opened the way for us through faith in his blood to be where he is and in him to meet with God. So now we come to the core of the vision. In the Old Testament, the high priest once a year could enter into the Holy of Holies with the blood of the sin offering, apply the blood to the lid of the ark, and then meet with God We know from other scriptures that God speaks from between the cherubim. And the cherubim were part of the lid of the ark. And these cherubim signify God's glory. Now what the Old Testament high priest could do once a year, we as New Testament priests, and we all are such through Christ's redemption, we may at any time, and at any place, have the reality of this experience. We need to be clear about certain elements. One, that the redemptive blood that our Lord shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, that blood has been applied before God in the Holy of Holies. 
to fulfill the requirement of God's glory. Anyone who would meet with God will be judged by the glory of God signified by the cherubim. To be short of God's glory, that is not to express God, but to express the self, that is sin. So how can we be in such a condition that we may meet with God in Christ, in his glory, and have the realization we are not judged by this glory because the propitiating blood has been applied and has fulfilled the requirements of God's glory. So now we may stand on Christ as the propitiation place signified by the cover of the ark. On him, the person, the one who made propitiation and who is propitiation, and who is the place of propitiation, on him we may be in the direct presence of God, being infused with his glory. This is the first thing that happens. The element of glory shines in our being, saturating us, permeating us, constituting us. Then there is the speaking, not in an audible way, but in a spiritual way, This is where we know God's will, where we receive his direction, where we are commissioned with his burden. So then, also this is in Hebrews, we may go outside the camp, outside the religious organization, and minister through speaking the word of God, the very Christ whom we have been beholding in the Holy of Holies. This experience is not for so-called spiritual giants. This is for all the believers. But we need to see this in spirit. We need to exercise faith and come forward with boldness. Amen. Well, I think to be a Christian like this, who receives God's infusion in the Holy of Holies and walks according to it, this is what makes us the testimony of God. When a group of Christians... Even, preferably, all the believers are living in the Holy of Holies. God has his testimony and has his expression on the earth. Ron, to complete your thought at the conclusion of this message, Witness Lee points out that this other half is really the church. This is the ultimate recovery. We use this term from time to time on the program. We even have the recovery version. Uh, In a sense, this is a ministry of recovery, recovering the truths that have been lost and obscured and covered over, misplaced during the ages, and bringing them back into the very fresh light and shining of God's up-to-date speaking. I think we've had that this week in these messages on the Ark of the Tabernacle and the Ark of the Testimony. I felt like uh, we got to some of that today, some recovery speaking today. Uh, We hope that we have been able to do uh, minimal justice, at least, to this uh, topic that is vast and deep and rich. Uh, We've missed uh, our brother's portion, but we've offered you our fellowship today. Tomorrow we'll be back. We'll have Witness Lee again. We look forward to that, and we hope that you'll join us as well. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org 
or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.